Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are talking all about first steps for the newly engaged. Christmas time and New Year's Eve are the two most popular times for couples to get engaged. And now it is January and you might be thinking, hmm, I wonder if we could have a Disney's fairy tale wedding. So whether you've been planning your Disney wedding in your head for years, or you just discovered that Disney does weddings, today we are going to be talking all about the steps and tips that are going to set you on the path to your dream Disney's fairy tale wedding. My guest today is Sarah Thurman, who just got married a few months ago at Walt Disney World, and together we're going to talk about the steps that you can take to get the ball rolling if you're interested in having a Disney wedding, or even if you just want to investigate it. So welcome, Sarah. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I think it's great to get a recent bride's perspective, and it'll be nice for couples to hear, you know, what your experience was like and if you have any tips for them. Sure. So step number one is you need to decide whether or not you can afford a Disney wedding. And this can be tricky because you can't really get prices from Disney until you're already like under contract and planning the event. So how do you know if it's even in the realm of possibility? Well, there's basic information on Disney's website. They have four different kinds of Disney weddings in Florida and two in California. In Florida, they have the Memories Collection, which is $2,495. It's a package, and you can have up to four guests. So that would be six of you total. Then they have the Escape Collection, which starts at $5,000 and lets you have up to 18 guests. But something to note about Memories and Escape is that neither of them are available on the weekends. Now, the other collection that happens right at Walt Disney World is the Wishes Collection. And this is not a package. This is basically a type of wedding that has minimum expenditures. And these depend on the time of day and day of the week. But the very lowest amount you can expect to pay is $8,500 for one of these. And I have episodes on each of these collections that explain them in detail and how the pricing works and all the rules and restrictions and what comes with them. And I'll put the links to those episodes in the post for this episode. So that'll help give you the full look at that. Now, there's also the Cruise Collection Wedding, which is held on the Disney Cruise Line out of Florida or California or even Alaska. Those start at $3,000. And then out in California, they also have an escape collection package, which starts at about $5,000. And then they have a wishes collection, which also starts around $8,500 and goes up from there. 
and may I just point out, I was a wishes bride. And when I first started researching, uh, it was before I had found your book or your podcast. And I was looking at those three main categories, the, the ceremony, rental, uh, venue rental fee, and the food and beverage minimums, and then the um, enhancement minimums. And for some reason, I didn't get what the enhancement minimums were. I just thought that was like an extra fee that you paid to have the opportunity to get married at Disney. <laughs> I didn't know that it actually covers things like transportation or floral or Disney photography. It didn't, it, it didn't, it didn't occur to me that you actually get things for that minimum. So just read everything carefully, folks. <laughs> but that's a good point because I think sometimes with Disney, you just expect to pay a premium. So why not? <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, they're Disney. So they can just Throw a number out there and charge it and people will pay for it. No, you actually do get something for your money. Yeah. So, and that would be a good reason to listen to the, I have a two-part series of episodes on wishes. And then there's a third episode, which I will also link to, that talks about how to have the absolute cheapest wishes. And it covers this new reduced price wishes event that you can have if you're getting married Tuesday through Thursday and you have a brunch or lunch event. So check out those podcasts and they will break it all down for you and hopefully demystify some of that. Now, the other thing to note is that in the past, some of these packages at Walt Disney World have included annual passes. And a lot of times when people are budgeting, they factor that in because if they're going to be going on their honeymoon at Walt Disney World and maybe even planning a trip for the planning session or they're planning to go back for their anniversary, having the annual passes included has been a great deal. Well, as of 2016, they are no longer including annual passes in the Escape and Wishes collections. They never included them in the Memories collection. They added them to Escape, oh, five years ago now. And Wishes, they've never been like an official part of the package, but they were something that was a surprise that your sales consultant sent to you after you signed your contract. So if you had heard about these and were expecting these as a way to reduce costs on your honeymoon or your planning trip, these are now no longer included with the Disney's fairy tale wedding at Walt Disney World. And actually, they've never been included in the weddings at Disneyland. They just recently last year changed the pricing structure of all the annual passes on both coasts. And my feeling is probably it's now so expensive that it doesn't make sense for Disney's fairy tale weddings to offer this. Yes, but hopefully because things change so frequently with Disney fairy tale weddings, hopefully they'll find a way to reincorporate those because they are a huge benefit for the couples and a way that couples can go back several times in the year they get married and enjoy or relax or just appreciate Disney and celebrate. Definitely. And so if this is something that's make or break for you, or maybe the reason you decided not to have a Disney wedding, definitely let Disney know because they do supposedly listen to all the feedback that they get. And I think it's it would be good for us to share how important they are as part of the package. Absolutely. The other thing not to forget when you're trying to decide roughly how much a Disney wedding is going to cost you is that there are many expenses that aren't paid to Disney. So even if you're only paying $5,000 for your escape collection package, you also have to rent or buy formal wear. There's your travel, of course, your honeymoon, rings, an officiant, and all these other services. If you decide to have an outside vendor for photography or videography, these are not paid to Disney. So that will be an extra cost. 
Absolutely. I Many of the brides that I talked to or have listened to on your show have said that videography was actually an afterthought. It was something they thought they could cut uh, down on cost by avoiding. And then as as time got closer, which is what happened to me, they decided, oh, we'll go ahead. You know, I'd like to go ahead and have that. And, and I was lucky enough to uh, have a budget that allowed the flexibility to go ahead and add that in. But other brides have said it was something they didn't realize until after their wedding that they wish they'd had. And so and I've heard enough brides say that to just encourage people to get the videography. I don't think that they'll regret it. It's a way for them to actually relive their day. And then they won't regret it whenever the day is over and it's no longer an option. I agree. And actually, having spoken with videographers on this show, they say the same thing. They're always an afterthought. People always call them at the last second, hey, can you do my wedding in two weeks or whatever? And (laughs) so if you can start with a budget for videography, I have never heard anybody say they regret getting videography. The only case might be if they had a really terrible videographer. But even we who had some pretty major problems with our video, we're still glad we have something on video. So yes, Okay, so if you're trying to figure out your budget, a good way to do this is to make a sample budget in a spreadsheet like Excel or to use the one in the back of Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons. So the ebook version of Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons has a whole section in the back with these interactive worksheets, including interactive budgets for memories, escape, and wishes events, and the cruise line actually, that you can put in the amounts that you think you'll spend, maybe what you've seen online or what you estimate you will spend on certain elements, and then it will automatically calculate how much the service charge will be and how much tax will be. It already knows what Disney charges service charge and tax on, and it calculates everything on the last page and breaks it out for you by how much you pay Disney, how much you'll pay on top of what you pay Disney, and what the total budget will be. So that can be a good way to see at a glance whether realistically this is something you can afford. That's so helpful. And I wanted to throw in too, while we're talking about it, not maybe not every Disney wedding couple does this, but we actually had a Disney honeymoon registry that we set up on disney.honeymoonwishes.com. And you can register for things like nights of stay at your Disney resort or other fun activities or entertainment or say tickets to Typhoon Lagoon. And then your wedding guests can go on there and choose an experience that they want you to have. And then you get the value of that sent straight to your checking account or whatever. So, you know, if you don't end up going to Typhoon Lagoon, you can apply those funds to your resort or whatever. So it it may be an opportunity to kind of cut down a little bit on your actual cost once you get to Disney if you use the honeymoon registry. Yeah, that's a great point. Just be sure to Photoshop yourself into a picture of Typhoon Lagoon to send to the person (laughs) who gave it to you. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, so that was step one. You've decided, I think we can do this. I think we can afford it. The next step is to pick a date. It doesn't have to be the exact date just yet, but even picking a month that you think you want to go is going to help you narrow down your choices and figure out how much everything's going to cost. So maybe you'll be looking at a meaningful date like your dating anniversary or a grandparent's wedding anniversary, maybe a holiday like Halloween. Just start to figure out what date would be good for your event. And what will help you figure out what date is going to be good is to consider season, day of the week, and also time of day. So 
Talking about season, there are good times of year to visit Walt Disney World, and there are not so good times of year. So if you're at all familiar with Walt Disney World, you probably already know when the high season is, when the most expensive season is, and when crowds are lower. The thing is that high season and low season also usually corresponds to airfare prices and hotel prices. So if you can go during a lower season, not only will you potentially save money on your airfare and hotel, but your guests will save money and it might make it more possible for them to go. Another thing to consider is holidays. They can be a lot more crowded and sometimes the minimum expenditure goes up if you're on the actual holiday, but usually the only price difference is if you need to have a DJ at your wishes event during the month of December on Fridays and Saturdays, it's very specific, their price doubles. But otherwise, other things aren't going to change in price. It just might be the DJ price that goes up. And then, of course, when is convenient for your guests. And this might not always be when you think it is. I know we originally planned our wedding for President's Day weekend, not aware that it's like the second most popular time to go to Disney after Fourth of July and Christmas, I think. (laughs) I guess that's the third. (laughs) And it might be because there's the Princess Half Marathon that weekend. Uh, So you might also want to check Run Disney event schedules on that website just to make sure that your event doesn't conflict with one of those runs because it's really hard to find any rooms at any of the resorts those weekends. Right. And so you may think, well, okay, but it's worth it because it's a three-day weekend and then it's easy for my guests to get off work. We had a lot of teachers among our guests, but they actually told us, at least our teachers who were all California teachers, that it would be better for them to go on a non-holiday weekend just the way it was structured and they would prefer it. So we changed our wedding date after we had already signed our contract and it turned out to be one of the best things we could have done because we saved so much money on lodging and airfare and so did our guests. Wonderful. Now another thing to consider is what day of the week you want to get married. With wishes, they have a lower minimum expenditure if you have a three-hour reception event on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and we'll talk in a little bit about the time of day that has to be, but right off the bat, that's going to save you some money. And then if you're looking at memories or escape, those are only held Monday through Friday, so that might determine when you fly out and what your airfares are going to be like. Usually, in the United States, airfares are cheapest on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday. So when you start to look at how those dates pair with your event, for instance, our wedding was on a Monday, and it meant that our guests could fly in on a Saturday and out on a Tuesday. So those are the two cheaper days of the week to fly, and they were able to save some money that way. We also got married on a Monday, and it it worked out really well for our guests who, uh, we actually had quite a few teachers as well, and they were fine to come that weekend, but it was towards the end of the school year, and so they wanted to miss as little work as possible and wanted their kiddos to miss as little school as possible, so they ended up flying in actually on a Friday, and then we had a brunch ceremony on that Monday, and so they flew out after that, but they got two full days at the park, Saturday and Sunday, and they really utilized it. And then they attended our wedding and then hopped on the bus to get to the airport and got back home and it it really worked out well for them. That's great. That's a great tip. Now, the last thing to consider there is what time of day you want to have your event. Now, most people, I think when they think of weddings, they think of Saturday night in a ballroom with dancing. At Disney, you are going to save a boatload of money if you actually have a weekday brunch, especially if you're doing, we're talking about wishes collection events where you're paying for a full reception. The prices are lowest, like we said, Tuesday through Thursday, 
at lunch and brunch. So that would be a ceremony that's at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 10 a.m. And then your brunch starts around 10 a.m. or your lunch starts around noon. So that lowers the amount of money that you have to spend per person, which is great. And it also has some residual benefits like at brunch, people generally do not expect to have a full bar. So you can save money there if you want to. Exactly. We had mimosas at our brunch reception, but I think given our crowd, if we had had a nighttime reception, there might have been a riot if we hadn't had a beer selection. So <laughs> I, I agree. It's another good reason to have a brunch. People were fine with mimosas and soft drinks and lemonade and water and, and, and nothing seemed to be missing. That's great. And sometimes people say, well, are my guests really going to want to come to a Tuesday morning wedding? Or, But remember, they're at Disney and everything is off. When you're on vacation, nothing works the way you usually work, right? Because you're on vacation and everything can be different. And so to me, where else but Disney would you go dancing and have a DJ and a big party at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday? (laughs) It's so true. Nobody knows what day of the week it is whenever they're at Disney. You just tell them where to be and where the party's happening and they'll be there. And those Tuesday through Thursday prices aren't because it's not as good a party as it would be on the weekend. It's really, I think, about demand. And so you're going to get just as great a celebration, just as beautiful an experience through the week as you would on a Saturday night. Definitely. So now you've decided you can afford it. You've chosen your date or a rough approximation of your date. The next step is to estimate the number of guests. So first of all, certain collections at Walt Disney World and at Disneyland and on the cruise line have a limited guest count. So memories, which is really an elopement package, the max number of people you can invite is four. Escape has a maximum of 18 guests. And sometimes people ask, well, are they flexible on that? But they really aren't because they've determined that any more than 18 guests and an escape event becomes just as complicated as a wishes event to plan. So that's definitely something to think about. Now, the response rate for destination weddings is always lower than the response rate for an at-home wedding. The response rate for a Disney destination wedding is anywhere from 50% to 75%, depending on who you're talking to. Disney says that they get a higher than average response rate for a destination wedding. However, I think it depends a lot on where your guests are coming from. If all of your guests are on the Eastern Seaboard and everybody in your family loves Disney and they have a timeshare and they go there all the time, you're going to have a lot higher response rate than if you live in Seattle and most of your family is on the West Coast and they aren't big Disney fans and some of them maybe have never been to Walt Disney World. So depending on a lot of factors, you could have a lower response rate than the number you actually invite. I completely agree. We invited people from one end of the country to the other, and we got about a 50% response rate. Okay, that's interesting. That's exactly what we got. But then we're from California, and about, I don't know, half of our family's from California, and the rest are scattered all throughout the United States. And, you know, sometimes you hear people say, oh, I worry about people having to travel, but really every wedding is a destination wedding for somebody. Nobody, all, their entire family all lives in the same town anymore. Exactly. 
Another thing you can do to help people if they have some misgivings or they're, you know, wondering about why do I have to go all the way to Disney for your wedding is you can enlist the help of a travel agent. There are Disney-focused travel agents, some of whom even work for free, who you can hook your guests up with. And then instead of you playing travel agent and telling them all about hotels and where to play and how to get an airline ticket, the travel agent will handle all of that for you. Mm -hmm. That's so helpful. I actually helped a bunch of my guests plan their Disney vacations down to getting their profile set up on my Disney experience and that kind of thing and getting their fast passes lined up and making sure they gelled with the other relatives fast passes just because I wanted to make sure they had a good time. And I actually enjoyed doing that, but it wasn't the probably the best use of my time while I'm in law school. So utilizing those other um, alternative services are probably a good idea. <laughs> and so when you're figuring out your number of guests, you don't need an exact figure for when you call Disney the first time, but getting a ballpark figure is going to help you narrow down what venues you would qualify for and start you on the road to estimating the costs for the event. When we were estimating our number of guests, um, we actually utilized our save the dates. I found some on Etsy that actually looked like a fast pass for different Disney rides. And so that was the top portion. And you could actually put what resorts were in your room block and how much they would be. And then uh, the part that they tore off and returned back to you as a postcard, you know, it, it explained to them that, you know, we know nobody can look into the the future and know for sure. This is just to give us an idea. It's not a binding RSVP, but it, it prompted them to say whether they were planning on attending or not planning on attending or just weren't sure. And then it would ask for their tentative nights of stay and where they would like to stay on property for the for the places that we had in our room block or if they were thinking of staying off property and then whether or not they were going to purchase park tickets. And I'm laughing because the one I have here that I pulled out of our stack for this conversation. So sorry, we don't know who you are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was because it was a friend of my mother-in-law and she hadn't, I guess, spoken to them in a while. So the name, you know, her, my mother-in-law's son's name, my husband, just didn't ring a bell for them. But they were kind enough to return. <laughs> which was that is awesome. You should frame that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But just, it, you know, again, it wasn't binding. It wasn't for sure. But it really did help us kind of get an idea of our numbers. Yeah, that's a great idea. Okay, so step four, you've decided you can afford a wedding. You've picked your date. You have estimated how many guests may actually show up versus how many guests you're planning to invite. Now you get to call Disney's fairy tale weddings. That phone number is 321-939-4610. And that number is the one you call for all Disney's fairy tale weddings, no matter where you wanna have yours. California or Florida or even Alani in Hawaii. You're going to want to be calling between 9 and 12 months out. The different collections have different timelines in which you can plan them. So for a wishes event, you can call up to 16 months out and start working with someone. If you call any earlier, they will just tell you to call back later because they can't really do anything for you. For an escape collection event, you can't actually book that until eight months. So if you called a few months before that, you could start working with them. And then for a memories collection event, you can't book that until six months. So again, if you called a month or two before six months, they could start working with you. Now, Disney can tentatively hold a date and location for you at 16 months for wishes. 
and at nine months for escape. But this is not an official thing. You hear people talking about getting penciled in, and it just means that the person they're working with at Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings understands that they are interested in this day, time, and venue. But it doesn't have any kind of priority assigned to it. And sometimes, on the rare occasion that somebody else wants the same combination of venues for the ceremony and the reception, you may have to go into a lottery. This is only for wishes because escape collections are booked after wishes have already booked what they want, if that makes sense. (laughs) Um, So it doesn't happen a lot. It's usually only for the wedding pavilion. None of the other locations are so popular that they get entered into a lottery. So don't stress out about it because as long as you're flexible on the time or the day of the week or even can just change your reception venue, you should be able to get what you want or something very close to it. So some tips about making that first call to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I would say, first of all, do not ask them very many questions because the people you are talking to are basically phone operators and they're going to take down your general information like the date that you're thinking of, which collection, how many guests you think you're going to have, time of day, things like that. But they are not sales coordinators and they are not planners. So if you start asking them things like, are we allowed to use this venue or what if we have this many people and are we still going to be able to do this? They might try to answer, but they may not have the most current information. And I have seen too many brides and grooms on the various boards and Facebook groups become so disappointed because somebody who answered the phone when they made that first call told them there was absolutely no way they could do X, Y, and Z. And it was completely false. And they believed them. (laughs) So I would say do not ask them any questions. Simply give them your information. And then understand that it may take you a few days to hear back. It may take you a week. And they may say we're going to assign you a planner. But the planning is done at certain times of the month. So it could be that you have to wait a few weeks to be assigned a sales consultant or a planner. So just sit tight. If it really has been a long time, I would check in with them. If you simply go on the website and order a DVD, I would not expect to be contacted by them. They kind of make it sound like when you put in your request for the DVD and more information that somebody's going to be in touch with you, but really all you're going to do is get a packet in the mail that has very basic information, not even as much information as on the website. So definitely call if you're ready to book. Yeah, don't get too frustrated about hearing back from them right away or or having all your questions answered, like you said, because that Disney hospitality, that one-on-one attention that you hear so much about that you get with Disney weddings, you are going to get that. But it's going to normally come from your wedding planner, a little bit from your sales consultant. But you know, it, it's coming. Just don't get too impatient too quickly. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something else to know as you go through the planning process that Disney is not as hands-on in the early stages of the process. So if you're eight months out, 10 months out, and you think, why am I not hearing from my planner? It's because they are dealing with all the people whose weddings are happening in one month or two months. So just hang in there. And by the time you get up to your six month mark, when you can do your planning session or your three month mark, they are going to be a lot more active. Exactly. When they do get back to you, they are thorough. So uh, again, your needs will be met. (laughs) Now, I would say step five would be to consider purchasing Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons ebook, and not just because I wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would agree with you, Carrie. It was the best help that I had through the whole process. 
Well, I'm glad you found it helpful. I wrote it because when I was planning, there was not a lot of information on Disney weddings online. And a lot of the traditional wedding planners, the books and the websites had stuff that didn't apply to Disney weddings. And I wasn't able to really figure out, am I going to be able to afford a Disney wedding? How much does this cost? What am I allowed to do? So I put all of this into a 208 page guidebook that covers every aspect of planning, all the different collections. So there's a part on memories, escape, wishes, all at Walt Disney World, and then the cruise line weddings. And then there's a whole chapter devoted to alternatives. So if you decide that you aren't going to go for a Disney wedding, but you still want to get married at Walt Disney World, there's a whole section about Shades of Green, which is the military resort, the Swan and Dolphin, all the different major options around Walt Disney World that will give you that Disney feel. It's also good if you're doing a vow renewal. It doesn't just have to be for weddings because Disney treats weddings and vow renewals interchangeably. And at the back, as I mentioned earlier, there is a 74-page bridal organizer that if you buy the ebook version, which comes in a PDF so that you can read it on any device, it's interactive and you can plug in all your information, make your own checklists, and have automatic calculations of things like the budget. Yes, that's so helpful. And the electronic one was all the more helpful because it did all of the math work for you. <laughs> and if you get the ebook version, it is continuously updated for free. So when you buy it as an ebook from Passporter, you get free updates in perpetuity. So what that means is if you're not getting married till 2017 and you buy the ebook file now, every time it gets updated, you will be able to go back into your account on Passporter and download the new file for free. So your book will always be up to date no matter how long it takes you to plan your wedding. And I update it at least three times a year. I just did an update for January because it's a great time to get a new version of it if you just got engaged and you're interested in getting married at Walt Disney World. And as changes come out, because Disney changes their prices and their policies all the time, I can update the book instantly because it's an e-file and simply re-upload it and then you are able to grab it from your account for free. Yes, and another plug for the ebook is that you can just use the find function and type in whatever word or topic you're looking for in the book and go straight to that page. You don't even have to use the table of contents because we are in 2016 and who uses the table of contents anymore? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, it just makes it that instant gratification all the more instant. No, it's true. Sometimes I'll be like, wait, how much does an aisle runner start at? And I can just type in <laughs> aisle runner and it pops right up. <laughs> exactly. So. And I also just loved listening to your podcast because it was so fun to be a Disney bride and the planning was the highlight of, you know, each of my days. And so when I could drive in the car and listen to an interview with a vendor or with a past bride or groom, um, it was so fun to be in that space. And I ended up getting so many great ideas um, and it, it helped me sort of solidify the ideas that I had for my own wedding about how well they'd be received or how well I could pull it off. And it also just really helped me to have peace of mind that everything was going to go smoothly and that I was in good hands with Disney. Oh, that's great. I'm so glad you found the podcast helpful. Yes. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show today. I think it's been really helpful to hear your advice and tips from your own planning for people who might be just starting out down the road to a Disney's fairy tale wedding. So thank you. Well, my pleasure, Carrie, and Happy New Year, everybody. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at disneyweddingpodcast.com. 
Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com/weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. <laughs>